0: It. I just literally went down the rabbit hole you yesterday.
1: Got, you got a lot of material.
0: It was ridiculous.
1: You sent me some texts. I didn't look at them. <laughs> I'm ashamed of myself. But you know what? I was. It was like later in my day, and I was trying. I was so zapped.
0: I just. I kept finding just like I, I was trying to find something from um, that I had read before we came up you came up with the idea for this podcast. Well, and It's um, it's all of us. And I was like, oh, that would be a good one for this podcast. I couldn't find it. Yeah. But I found a bunch of other interesting stuff instead. Yeah, well, hey. That's the way it works. That's the way it works. And so I don't even know if we'll get to it. Well, I have a lot of stuff, too. I dug back
1: in time a little bit. I didn't just go this week. I dug back in time. I threw a bunch of stuff in. I looked at what we did last week. We got a lot of stuff happening here.
0: I mean... I, I have something, you know, um, about Formula One and hmm. NHL versus Olympic rinks. So, like, some yeah. stuff that
1: Same. From last time I picked up on a lot, too, because, of course, that's part of the whole thing, yeah. right? You start on something and you're like, you, you spark an idea right. or a thought, and you're like, I'd like to learn more. I know. I'm into it. Uh, this is. Who are we? You're, you're, you're Kevin. Kevin. Yes, Kevin. I'm Ballman. And I'm Mark Dustin. We're going to talk about stuff. We're going to talk about stuff we have no, we still don't know what this is called. We haven't had All time right. to think that. The, uh, Everything podcast, I think, is what Alexander said. It should be, yeah. we'll, we'll put that on the whiteboard. Right. So last week we did, uh, we touched on some stuff. Um, this would be episode two and we touched on a few things that we found interesting through the course of our sort of like media travels. And, um, we thought we'd, uh, we'd jump right back in this week and, um, see what else we've come up
0: with. Yeah. I mean, you know, I spent a lot of time this weekend going back over things and it's funny because my wife said, are you doing research? And I said, well, I'm doing what I always do. And she's like, yeah, research. that's the whole reason we're doing this podcast, right? right. Because we just... Yeah, I just just was reading one article after another, after another, after another. How can we turn this into something that
1: buys us, you know, gets us on these, gets us private jets?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it it allows us to to do what we would normally do. Yeah. But feel like maybe we're actually accomplishing something. Yeah. Maybe. Possibly. Exactly. I mean, you know, we kind of started... I think you started last week. Your first thing might have been the Formula One. It was,
1: it was Lewis Hamilton. Lu- who Lewis Hamilton. Just won the seventh, like tied... Um, um, uh, it was Schumacher. Schumacher.
0: Yes, his record, right? Yeah, and yeah. And so I had said something about horsepower of the Formula One yeah. cars. Something like, you know, I threw something out like... 1.21 gigawatts. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> with the fl- From the flux capacitor. It was like... I said something like 1,500 horsepower or something, and I was totally wrong. You were wrong. So, I mean, the thing is, is they weigh nothing. Yeah. So, I did look that up because I was like, I kind of just pulled that, you know. That, out that, of the, that, you know, that they dead rabbit out of that. And it's, they are sometimes, depending on the year and everything, because they have all these rules that govern... The size of the engine, the type mm-hmm. of engine—they—they they try to make it in Formula One so that everybody has a very similar car because they want it to be about the driving, right? Not the car, yeah. And so they are like eight, nine hundred horsepower. Okay. They used to be turbocharged engines back in the '80s. So when Art and Senna was uh-huh. dominating, they were turbocharged, I believe. Okay. And it was so that that I, I mentioned that he was always racing against someone. There was a rivalry, and it was Prost. Oh yeah, Prost-Senna rivalry, which is a whole Wikipedia page.
1: So they don't want to have they don't they want the yeah so they want the leveler they want it to be a, le, a to to a degree a level playing
0: field right yeah and so that then led me to uh, they have outlawed turbocharged engines by the way now they're V8s mm-hmm. and they limit the size and the metals you can use and everything mm-hmm. but that reminded me of another race series from the past called Can Am and. I, it yeah. was like 60s and 70s was its heyday. Yeah, and it was, was it can- Canada, America. Yes. Yeah, Canada. Yeah, Can-Am. Da- yeah, can you know, yeah, Can-Am. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was as close as you get to an anything goes race series. Oh yeah, like the like the the, the Cannonball Run. Yes, but it, these cars, these cars were so they did have a few rules. It had to meet certain safety standards, and the wheels had to be covered. So they weren't open wheel okay. cars like yeah. Formula One or mm-hmm. Indy. Um, But they were crazy looking aerodynamic, you know, just unbelievable race cars. And they did get to uh, Porsche at the heyday was right near the end of when the series was really popular 1973. They had a Porsche. uh, It was like a nine seventeen or something like that. Oh wait a
1: second! These were Matchbox cars. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Exactly. When we
0: were kids, a lot of our race cars were probably Can Am cars. They look like
1: a. They almost look like a like a little like a wedge. You'd put like a slice of cheese, like a wedge. You'd put under a door or something. You know, it's like it's literally like a like a door. They look like. um, just like triangles just they
0: had them the the craziest cars then and so throughout the series different um different teams were usually dominant so because it wasn't anything goes almost you know people would come up with crazy things oh yeah so there was like uh one team that was really dominant for a while was lola there was mclaren Mm -hmm. there was porsche and um and, and Chaparral was another one. Um, or maybe Chaparral was a car and Lola was a team. I don't remember the details. But there was one they had, like, for instance, they had giant fans on the back of the car. Wow. Because they were trying to make the car as aerodynamic as possible, but still have it be able to stay down on the track and put, corner push. Yeah. Push the tires right. down. like, that's normally the spoilers you put spoilers, are for. spoilers yeah. that create wind resistance. Right. They decided to put fans and it was like a vacuum underneath Whoa. the car. They ended up having to, I think, ban them because they would suck stuff off the ground and shoot it out the back. Damn. So it was yeah. kind of dangerous.
1: Um, so it was like, so like it was like uh, um, what, what do they call it? Um, tactical maneuvers. They would sort of th- throw, like like right, chafing yeah. on an, on a
0: jet plane or on a, on a fighter jet. When you go by, when you go past the pits, your team throws a bunch of cups out there, and then you <laughs> shoot them all out at the back. <laughs> Someone's throwing quarters, right. and Dimes out of the. <laughs> and and at, at the end of the towards the end of the series, Porsche came up with a car, and I think it is the 917 slash 30, and it's. I guess it was the qualifying uh kind of version of the car mm. produced 1500 horsepower. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and so I think that was kind of kind of the end of it. You know they were going into the um uh we had the energy shock and gas was expensive oh, yeah. premium yeah. um and so they they uh the series kind of started falling apart and it came back once more, but I don't think it was ever popular again, but it was highly popular even though it was rarely very competitive. Usually whoever came up with their crazy idea for that year dominated. The whole series, like I think that nine seventeen won six out of eight races or something. So it's kind of like
1: I mean, it's really sort of like the high, very expensive, high profile equivalent of sort of like the the bar stool race or any of those races right. that you have at the end of a ski season or whatever. <laughs> you can you know, do anything. You can, yeah, anything. You got to put. You know, you can, if you can, if yeah, the, like or the go kart derbies, whatever they call them. You know, like if you can make it, if you can get it out on the course and it starts rolling forward. You're good. Yeah, you're good. That's you're, right. you're qualified. And if whatever it is, if it makes it to the bottom and you win, we don't care. Right. You might die, but that's no. your problem. Yeah.
0: So that was my. kind of your
1: problem, no matter what. what. That's right. It's <laughs> your problem happens. anyway. It's always your problem if you die, it's really just your problem. <laughs> Might be someone else's problem too, but it's definitely your problem.
0: That's right. <laughs> so I, I thought that was cool. It reminded me, and I had forgotten all about the Can Am series. Yeah. But when I was a kid, I thought those cars were so cool. Oh, those cars were awesome! And my dad um, was really into that, so he has still to this day a whole bunch of models of uh-huh. Can Am cars in his office.
1: You know, it's interesting because uh, I also, you know, dug into, you know, again, sort of starting last podcast with no idea well i shouldn't say no idea about formula one we knew a little bit right we both knew this cars were kind of small you know they go fast yeah they go fast you know it's super hard to do and it's dangerous some names of some really great talents that have uh, uh, raced. but i looked into a couple things too and um and i looked up a couple things i found were first i found uh a, a video was 15 minute um aston martin red bull racing uh did a video a 15 minute video about 24 hours behind the scenes preparing for an F1 race weekend, and it was cool. I mean, the first thing I'm not going to go into a lot of it because there's some other things I want to touch on, but um, it was really fun to watch because what they're really doing is they're just prepping. They're going through the, the the cars and stuff, but it's that it's that kind of like movie like movie stage staged idea of a of a car garage. I mean, it's, it's literally white with like two or three car bodies and huge massive because the funding is enormous they make they have so much funding behind them and just a couple of sort of like scientist type mechanics working on these cars and then they have to ship it all. They have to put it all in huge containers and send it to around the world, right? So, right. So
0: this is like a um, you know some high tech silicon um, uh, manufacturing facility, essentially. So
1: yeah, they might as well be. Ha- they didn't have you know like like gloves on and all that stuff, but you, you might as well have. I mean, yeah. was that
0: clean? And it was so clean. Yeah. yeah. There was no
1: oil drips on the floor. I mean, it was pure white.
0: So not like my garage.
1: Yeah. You're, you're not eating like your your ham and mustard sandwich on the workbench where did that pickle go right yeah there's probably not even a coffee mug on the. uh, i
0: I dropped the pickle and i dropped a pickle not not sure where it went it
1: could be in the steering column right it could be down in there and somewhere in in
0: could be down in a cylinder somewhere. could be
1: somewhere another another there are two more i found that i found really fascinating because um the steering wheels on these f1 cars they're actually really complicated much more they're as complicated as your car but if, if you were looking at just like, say, um, um, the sort of climate control panel of a modern car with all sorts of dials and stuff, but those dials all do things, like neutral's a button. There are these three dials across the bottom that change the horsepower based on what you're doing, like if you're going wow. into corners and stuff. So they, although they ha- it looks like the two-handle thing. And what's really fascinating about it is it's very bright and colorful and lights up like a video game console thing or whatever. And And they actually have to... At 200 miles, not where the they're going, and cornering, they've actually kind of sometimes like adjust things. Adjust things.
0: Well, and, and that's what how they shift now, right? I mean, they're not using yes. a clutch anymore with the
1: foot. It's just a paddle. I think it's paddle shifting, yeah. like you know, yeah. And
0: I don't even think that's new. I just think I haven't really paid attention. I think the paddle shifting's been around for a while, but this yeah. whole other like level of video gameization of the yeah steering wheels crazy
1: well it definitely changes the it has to change the thing from the 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 driver's experience and the drivers the need for like what talents the driver has to have to get there now right you can't just be super you know unafraid and great at cornering and great at putting your foot on the pedal you've got to also have the you know the ability to sort of change mental gears and do all this sort of behind the scenes work
0: so yeah it's it is, it would not be for someone like me. Like I remember trying to play those video games when there was like, instead of just the joystick and a button to yeah, shoot, yeah. they all of a sudden they were like, here's four buttons and they all do something different. And I was like, yeah, I'm done. Can't do it anymore. So yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it could really change it. I would imagine because it's, there's a whole different level of mental requirements now. Right.
1: I break it down to the, I break it down to the, like the average in-home coffee maker. <laughs> Which should have should should have one button, which is on. You know your drip right. coffee maker. You know it, well that's it why have I do a pour
0: button. over. it's like I heat up the water, I pour it on top, and that makes my coffee. And there's no complication. Which
1: gives you one button. It's the button right. to heat the water up. That's right. Whatever that takes, and then you pour it in. Because yeah. if you have a coffee maker that, that that requires the amount of brain capacity that you'd need to even to program an old VCR. Yeah. Then you've over engineered your coffee maker for sure. But if you were the best coffee maker in the world, you should probably have a few buttons on your coffee machine. You might, yeah, yeah.
0: You'd have to know how to do it.
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'm a
0: simpleton. It, same then, here. Uh, a Formula One car driver apparently is not. They're not simpletons. They're right.
1: the best coffee makers in the world. Yeah. Now, the last one I'll mention on the whole um, uh, Formula One thing, and I and I know we're dragging on about this, but it's because this stuff actually da- is a lot of it's cool. fun. Yeah, it's really fun. Is Look up, go to YouTube, and and go, and, uh, and in the search uh, bar, look for Ferrari Pit Stop Perfection. It's How unpopular. long
0: is the pit stop?
1: Well, the whole video is a minute. Okay. But I mentioned this last. You know, I sort of threw that off yeah. the cuff. It's as fast as you could drink a, a glass of water and put it down. It's as fast as you could pick the water up and put it to your lips. And then they're done. They pull in. There's 20, like 24, It's and it's an overhead shot. It's a straight overhead, straight down shot of all red, people in all red standing in a U and um, to accept the car coming in. And when he pulls in, the driver pulls in, you know, there's a front driver, front guy and back guy that immediately jack it up. Two guys, uh, four guys, Jam, um, um, whatever, like hydraulic. I don't know what they're called. Like, yeah, um, it's like
0: a hydraulic socket wrench, socket or something, wrench, right? And just
1: one, one uh, pull, spin, the 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 thing comes off. Uh, two, four other guys pull the tires off. Four other guys put tires on. The guy jams the thing back in, jams it in. The two guys pull off, drop the car, pull off the um, uh, the lifts, swing them out of the way, and the car shoots out of there. And I
0: if I'm not mistaken, don't the Formula One cars have the lifts built in? I'm nope. pretty sure it's built right into the car. Not it? in this one. No? I would oh.
1: imagine not because they don't want the weight. Ah. No, maybe in this case, Indy that has the maybe built right into the car. Because in this case, which I also thought was really treacherous because I watched another type of video where you're actually in the driver's seat and you're pulling into one of these and you're coming straight in. Now, these guys pull into this this pit lane and they have to find their, their crew and they have to cut in. But there's people everywhere.
0: Well, yeah, there's other cars pulling back out. Yeah,
1: and people that are next to them, like on the on the on the driving side of those cars and cars pulling out. So they have to pull in. They're still going pretty fast. They have to brake hard, stop at the right place. They've got a human being standing right in front of them and, and, and like twelve on each side. They can't be off at all. They're gonna have to dive out of the way.
0: And then and then pulling back out, they like take a eighth inch of rubber off the tires as they peel out. Yeah, and it's they gotta awesome.
1: slam on the brakes that the Coming come in. to a stop at exactly where this guy is standing in front of the car with his jack,
0: waiting I, for. It have to you catch ever seen it. them overshoot? No, have they? Yeah, because they don't have reverse, so the, right. the pit crew has to run out and push the car back. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> that ruins your pit stop. That ruins your pit right. stop. Yeah. So does like colliding with another car, or
1: have you seen? Okay, we're. Um, I don't know when this this podcast is going to go up, but uh, let's just get into this because. Mm-hmm. It's so beautiful and astonishing, and I loved it. Did you see—I just watched it on Trevor Noah this week. Um, you see Rudy Giuliani's, Giuliani's hair dripping? Is yes.
0: Uh, some people referred to it as the Kraken because they said they were releasing the Kraken. The Kraken. They said it was coming out of his head. Like the ink. <laughs> the ink coming out of his head. I mean— Excellent. When I, I mentioned this earlier, but when Governor Chris Christie says— Trump legal team as a national embarrassment. You know that's something, right? Something
1: to be something to think about. Yeah. Well, and even if you and I, 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 I agree with you, but uh, and, and I, in, in in very rare circumstances, I'm agreeing with Chris Christie on this one too. Yeah, but, same. But, but the man's like it's an, it's astonishing watching this happen.
0: I I can't what I can't fathom is wh- why would you keep going to Giuliani again? Like, yeah. has he ever done anything? There's got to be some kind of strategy here that we just don't get mark. Well, like maybe if if I was on Parlor, the new Twitter mm-hmm. for conspiracy theorists, I would understand. Maybe maybe I, I, didn't did we talk about wrestling already pro wrestling? Cuz that's a whole nope. thing that I had somebody sent me an article because I didn't understand and they sent me an article and saying here's pro wrestling maybe you'll understand Mm. in it pro wrestling. I still, I still don't get it even after reading the article, but basically it's kind of like everybody kind of knows it's fake, but everybody plays along anyway. Yeah. And that's part of the fun of it. And it's kind of a lowbrow thing. And if you don't get it, maybe you're like too hoity or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And I'm wondering, is that what this is? This is like the real life, you know, version of, professional wrestling where everybody kind of knows it's fake and giuliani right. is just a character in this whole thing
1: it's like it's yeah it's like the it's like the fourth wall's is broken down like people yeah. are not seeing the delineate the demarcation line between reality and reality tv which makes a lot of sense considering that the president was a reality tv well guy. and
0: who did he who is the head of the small business administration wasn't that the uh linda mcmahon She was, she ran the World Wrestling Federation or something. And Trump was, you know, frequent, uh, you know, made frequent appearances on wrestling, world wrestling. Yeah. Right. I mean, this is like, all this stuff is intertwined. It's very...
1: I think, I think, I, I just had a thought about this though. What I had a thought about, which is really frustrating to me is the fact that like, I think that people, like, just because someone is speaking... To what is your interest? Because I can't fault people for having, for wanting a Republican president. maybe sure. not this one, but I can't fault them for wanting right,
0: not not this
1: one. Right, but but I can I can I can't fault them for wanting a Republican president sure. if that's their leaning. Yeah. Fine, you know. Hey, we're all here in this great soup, and we're trying to get by, and we have right. our difference of opinions. Pretty fine. But like, like, I, I'm I'm equate like if you see somebody who even if they're saying the thing many of the things that you also agree with but they're taking it to a dangerous outlandish taking it too far extreme perspective or, or like like perspective or or taking it far too far can't isn't it non-political just to say okay like I agree with like 70% maybe you have agreed with everything you're saying but the way you're going about it and the reason what came to mind to me just now is the movie 12 monkeys
0: right awesome. so I, I thought that movie was awesome, and it's I haven't movie. seen it in like 20 years. I think it's so. Terry
1: Gilliam I'm going to have to watch that it. again. Brad Pitt plays a, a, a person that it turns out is crazy. Yeah, he's a lunatic. Right, but he is an environmentalist, and he's taking his environmentalism to, to extreme. an extreme that is dangerous, right? Yeah. So it's like, hey, I, I believe in the environment. I'm down. I want to like cut emissions and blah, 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 blah. And I could see a lot of people going along up to a degree and then going like, Okay, man, like I get it.
0: Right. Like wiping out half the population of the earth might actually be good for the environment, but I'm not go- I'm not on board with this. I'm not right? on board yeah. with it.
1: So so then what comes to come mind to me is when you take people like where where things are right now in politics, where right? things are right now, people like raising red flags about things that are not true, that are really just not true. Right. It's like, okay, guys man i really want this too there's a there's a couple of people i've a couple of republican people who i who i've 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 listened to their quotes and i've kind of been like okay i get you they're like hey man i'm really disappointed too right but this is just not reality yeah where we're at right now and so when you look at a guy like giuliani and what he's doing to me i feel like we should be reach, reaching that point where it's like i don't care which side of the fence you're on what i care about is that there's a line that you shouldn't that if you cross it that this person's taking this to a degree that's unhealthy for everybody at a certain point.
0: Well, and I think it'll be interesting to see how this plays out long term. Um for better or worse, you know. Yeah. I mean, uh, obviously we're obviously we we have no control over what happens, but you know, on the one hand, you would think okay, this is going to be the undoing of the Republican Party. Mm. But on the other hand, I don't think it's going to no. what I what I do think, number one, is that um, I think the majority of Republicans don't pay much attention, just like the majority of yeah. of most people don't pay that much attention right. to all the details. They're not watching the stuff 24 seven. They're not on Twitter. They right. don't see, um, you know, I've talked to people and they're like, he never said that. I'm like, no, it's right here. I could even bring it up yeah. on my phone and show it to you. They're not on Twitter. They yeah. don't see it. All they know is he said he wants to bring coal back. He wants to bring manufacturing back. Right. He's just said things that they agree with, and that's good enough for some of the people. And so by engaging that, you know, what I think is kind of a crazy dangerous um, base that is, you know, the the world wrestling Political fans, uh, you know, whatever this congl- con- the equivalent, you know, yeah.
1: The, yeah, of the actual of the actual like rabid, beyond rabid person right. who people yeah.
0: who are embracing conspiracy theories, think George Soros has paid for everything, think and, that world wrestling is real, yes, yes, and and um and think that Donald Trump is really trying to win this election, you know, and which I don't think he is. I think he's just trying to take it as far as he can. Because these people are all jumping ship from Fox News because it's not crazy enough anymore. And when Donald Trump goes and opens his own, guess what? They are all ready for him. Sure. So that's what I, I think that that's the real deal. But but I think that it's not going to be the end of the Republicans because number because I think the reason that people vote conservative is. Uh, in general, will stay the same. Mm-hmm. So you know, being anti-abortion or being not want, wanting small government, which of course you know, either party is in it, never is, gets smaller. Yeah. But um, you know, but but those are kind of like the leanings of those things. I think I think those things will stay, and those people will will have, you know, they'll either follow along with that, or else Trump will kind of just slide off to the side and become the old the, the new equivalent of Fox News, and then the Republicans will go back to being the way they always were. Well, I knows. think it comes
1: down to in my mind is that we should actually have to tell the truth and there should be laws. And I mean, and there and there shouldn't be alternative truths. There should be laws that say if you say this is true, if you, you know, I mean, you can you can get in trouble for lying about another person. You can get in trouble for lots of lying, liable, but you can't get in trouble for saying things that are vastly untrue. Um, and because what they're relying, what what not, and I don't mean Republicans. I mean politicians in general, right? And co- corporations when sure. they're doing certain ads, they're relying on you not digging any further. But the thing is, you shouldn't have to dig further. Right? It should not be on the average person who works a forty-hour minimum work week plus commute, husband and wife both, or or, mm-hmm. or partners both, and and have maybe children and have all these things in their life and want to just go to watch a movie and relax and not have to find out, fact check everything this guy just said.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, somebody's somebody and, and if the Democrats ever want to be, you know, winning this, the Senate like they thought they would, they're going to have to figure, crack this nut because those people don't have time or the inclination or the desire to sit here and research all of the things and then go and look because, you know, I'll, I'll get things sent to me by family members who say, hey, here's, here's the thing that shows that you're wrong. And, mm. and it's got a bunch of citations. So I right. follow the citations, and guess what? The citations don't actually support right. what the article says. But they know nobody looks. Yeah, they don't. They don't care. And so, one side has really done a good job of taking advantage of this, right. and the other side has not.
1: It's the once it's said, it's true. Right sort of factor. Yep. Once it's out there, it's true. And you say it enough. Yeah. It and you say, and if you say true. it more and more, I mean, because if something's posted in the newspaper about somebody and then the week later they go, Oh, we made a mistake. we were fact checking this and we're, right. and it's a byline. It's a sort of a little addendum down at the bottom. No, a, no one's reading the addendum. B, you know, this still, the person's still guilty. There's now yeah. still a question mark hanging over their head of whatever may have happened.
0: Yeah. And, and I think we're going to have, this is going to be, I, I think this kind of topic um, is going to be a reoccurring theme because we were just talking earlier about the whole mistrust of elites. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not going to go down that that um, path right now because oh, yeah, we'll be here till be tomorrow. For, but I think we'll have to revisit that.
1: There's a great Mads Mikkelsen movie, um, anyone who hasn't seen it, called The Hunt. And um, uh, A, he's an unbelievable actor. And if you haven't... Um, uh checked him out or or paid a close attention to the work he's doing he's in he's an unbelievable actor i think he's i want to say he's danish like probably wrong uh, maybe danish i think he's danish anyway uh it's called the hunt and Healy he lives in a small town and he's accused of mol- molesting a child and um and it's he he didn't do it and and that's the whole thing and it's and it's about that hunt and really that's what this is about in many ways it's about once it's out there The genie can never be put back in the lamp.
0: Yeah, it's and it is not just an American phenomenon. No, there was earlier this year. uh, You know, Snapchat is huge in places like India, and so apparently, what was happening is messages would go out to hundreds or thousands of people saying that somebody had done something wrong, like molested someone, sexually assaulted someone, Mm -hmm. raped someone. Yeah, there was no need for proof. They would go. Pull that person out of their house and beat them to death. Yeah, yeah. And then find out. Later. Yeah, he didn't actually do anything.
1: But most of the, I bet a lot of those people had to justify it in their minds by just saying, well, no, no, he must have done it.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think that's where we are right now in American politics. Right.
1: You can't, once you've committed, once you've, once you've, once you've, you know, swung that bat. You can't take that away because otherwise, I mean, a, you have to live with that Mm -hmm. and, and you don't want to live with that. So we tell our, we do that all, human beings do it all the time. We tell ourselves lots of things. We, we, We have shifting morality and all sorts of things because we have to tell ourselves this is true. You know, you were, you, you got fired from your job because you were doing a terrible job. A lot of people will say, no, I wasn't. You knew you were, maybe you weren't, I don't know. But I right. mean, you, you know, it's that kind of thing where you've got to tell yourself just so you can wake up tomorrow and be like, you know, live with yourself in a way.
0: We, yeah, we were just kind of talking about this before the podcast started. And, and I remembered back when I was younger and, you know, I played hockey and I was, I was pretty good. And I think in my mind, I was usually one of the best on the ice, mm-hmm. but I probably what really wasn't. And sometimes somebody like maybe my dad would go, wow. That guy was the best one on the ice. And Some I other always, guy. I would be like, what about me? You're like what? All, yeah. That guy? But no. I'm, but what about me? No, I was the best one. I wasn't. You weren't. No. No. you know, good. But, yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, I think that's, that's a kind of this whole, um, like, if your foundation is based on how good you are as a hockey player or... Or on your belief of something, and then you find out it's not true. I think some people have a tough time letting go of that. Yeah,
1: yeah. You mentioned when you said that, you mentioned earlier, you, you mentioned that as you've gotten older, you kind of have been able to come to terms with the fact, not come to terms, but like be able to just go like, you know what, I wasn't so good.
0: I'm not the best at anything. I've realized that. And that's okay.
1: Maybe you're the best at realizing you're not the best at everything. I could be. You could do that. <laughs> you could do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. What, what else you got here for us this week? Well,
0: you know, another thing we talked about was ice rinks. Oh, yeah. And, and, and we were saying, backyard remember, there, ice was, rinks. there was two reasons we talked about right? ice rinks. One was you were talking about backyard ice rinks. Yeah. And the other was that article I, I read about niche sports. Yeah. And where she'd embellished the story and said that people had olympic size rinks. And yep. we were like, well, what's the difference? And what's... I knew it was bigger. And, and it is. Yep. But it's really not that much bigger. It's like 50. I mean... It's fifteen percent larger. This the same length, mm. but the Olympic one is wider. I still find it really
1: fascinating that they would be bigger because I would think, and I mentioned this last time, that that at that level, like essentially, if you're getting to Olympic level, and certainly if you're getting to pros, but definitely even at Olympic level, sort of like uh, Tom Brady probably knows the could get a, get a sense from just holding a football whether it's at about at the right inflation Uh uh-huh you know he got a little bit of a snafu a while ago some people said some things like he couldn't possibly know it's two pounds lighter um i have a feeling he probably but maybe hey i don't know but i would think that you would know the spatial you'd be so in tune with the spatial sort of boundaries having played since you were like you know right two feet tall that you that that 50 that 15 percent would
0: change your whole game it's I mean, I, I guess it's big enough that you would notice since it's the same length, it ends up being like seven and a half feet extra on each side, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, that's, that's pretty big. Like you go, you yeah. go behind the net with the puck into the corner. It's, it's a lot further from the net. Um, the other interesting thing is that these zones are actually different size. Yeah. So the, the center ice between the blue lines is six feet, uh, bigger uh, on the Olympic rink, yeah, which is very interesting. So anyway, that was a real quick one, but I I, I wanted to look that up after we talked about it,
1: and um, I like it. I mentioned a um to you off off uh, uh you know off microphone uh, a little while back. I mentioned something to you, and you had heard of this or you'd seen something, and I really want to bring it up because I wanted to bring it up last week, and I didn't. Um, there is a there is a YouTube channel called The Survival. Uh-huh. And there and I, I think I, I can't say I've dug into it to the point of like understanding the whole the whole world that's behind this um, but it's I saw a video there out of Cambodia where two guys are like they, they just they, it's it's high speed like they speed up the cameras and these two guys go out into some sort of woods and they build they start digging. And you're like, I don't know what they're doing. But this one is titled, Building the Most Secret Underground House and Slide to Swimming Pool Underground. So they used underground twice. And it's awesome.
0: It, it is. And it's, it's hilarious that you mentioned that I had heard of it. So today, my son and his friend are out in front. Yeah. And I just go out and say hi to his friend and he and I said, "What are you guys, you know, doing uh, in your in the backyard back at his house?" And he said, "They were digging to build a house." And uh-huh. I said, oh, "Really?" And he's like, "Yeah." Have you seen those guys? No, and so he's talking about thing. exactly that. So yeah. So apparently, this thing is becoming viral. So it's so crazy. It's crazy, and I think there's a bunch of them. There's a still on this particular one. There's a still
1: which is what piqued my interest of because uh, because the, the actual title did not knock me out but um the still that that they use for the video is basically just like a hole in the ground that looks almost like a really really close-up of like an ant you know but it's like painted right it looks like yeah Yeah. it looks like it and and so i was like what in the heck is this and what they do is they they just start digging they literally start digging and and i'm guessing the ground is clay or it's got
0: to be something very i mean they're digging with yeah I mean it's not they, they don't have, have like a backhoe there. No,
1: no. They they're digging with hand tools yeah. and they have they're barefooted and they're wearing right. like shorts and no shirts. Yeah. It's it's intense. And they and they dig, 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 and then you watch it sort of over time get deeper and deeper. And then they start to like shape benches and little cutaways in the walls so they can put little candles in there, which they do. And then they cut a hole in the ground. And then they um and then they oh and then they cover the original section, like the the sort of like the, the main section with grass and bamboo and stuff. And then they, then they cut a hole in the wall and under the actual ground, they build, they fill it with water. They, they sort of have like a pass through.
0: They got, they got pieces of bamboo and they, they stick them together right all the way back to like a creek or to something to a creek to fill it Yeah.
1: yep yep and then and then they build a they dig another hole that tunnels into this and a, and turns it into a like a clay water slide
0: down into and then they then they go down the water slide then they go down the water slide and so and that's then they're, called, like bathing and swimming around in this hole yeah, in the ground it's amazing it's
1: insane. it's um, unbelievable i want to go there now i don't i'm hoping that I'm hoping a there's nothing weird about this like you don't find out these guys are right you know doing it under some sort of duress but um right. I hope it's them and it's their thing and they're killing it and I'm hoping they're just knocking it out of the park with this cuz they're working really 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 yeah. hard working harder I, than most people do the way I thought of website, it was that views. yeah
0: this was their thing and they have this channel now and they're millionaires yeah but I could be wrong that's just my positive you know you know Fanciful thinking, p- perhaps, right? I don't really know. I just made an assumption.
1: I don't see why not. I mean, if right. kids in the neighborhood are starting to, to see this, maybe they, uh, maybe they're going to do great. Who knows? I,
0: it reminds me of a guy, and and I'm going to have to look this up for the next one. This is going to be I've continued because there's a guy who has a series, and my son has seen it too. But I came across it on something, and this is a guy who uses no tools at all, just his hands, and he's again shorts and bare yep. feet. I don't even know where he is. He never talks. He just builds. He digs. He will make a kiln mm-hmm. so he can fire, and he makes the fire with no tools. Wait, I know what this is. You've seen this guy.
1: It. it he's. Uh, uh, yes, he is doing it. I don't. I'm gonna totally butcher this. He's. He's basically rewinding into history to when you had to create everything everything there was he, nothing he, you walk into a, the woods and there's nothing and you have to make everything to make everything
0: he can make a house and yep. he he fires roof tiles out of clay in a kiln that he's made using fire that he made using no tools whatsoever right. to start the fire and, and puts the clay roof tiles on the roof of his house awesome it's unbelievable i'm gonna have to find that because i'm gonna bring that up next
1: yeah time. yeah yeah and i'm wondering if it's the same thing i yeah. saw i'm not sure it is we're but gonna have to compare yeah, we'll have to see if that's the same one.
0: You know, um there were some other things we we uh talked about last time. I am going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say I'm going to actually save the music once for for the end. I yeah, think. let's see let's the, see music, the ones. music. Those are always end. good at the end. But um there was a a night not too long ago when um, uh, I mentioned a documentary that Shelby and I, my wife, yeah. were watching called Home. Uh-huh. And uh, the woman's name is Sarah. So it's a pretty good name for someone who um, decides to travel around the earth under her own power. Mm -hmm. It's a a cool documentary because uh, one of the things that I got from it, which I always wondered is she says that the solo around the world adventure is a misnomer because there's nothing solo about it Mm -hmm. because she is literally, she's not just riding you know, on land. She what has a kind of bike. Yeah, she she is she is riding, but she's also kayaking and then she pat, she's attempting to row across mm-hmm. both the Pacific and the Atlantic wow. in this thing. It takes her four years. Oh my gosh. Um it's it's called home. Uh-huh. It's definitely worth worthwhile. You know, there's a little bit of I think in any of these kinds of adventures, there's a little bit of trying to find yourself. Yeah. You know, I think yeah. there's like I think there's as much running away from something as running to something. Yeah, um, which
1: half by the time you reach halfway around the world, now you're running towards it. Right. Again.
0: Yeah, you are at the same time running away and running towards. Yeah, it, Yeah, right?
1: there's a point where right. you're literally at the middle, but after this, after this point, now you're running towards whatever yeah, you're that's running right. away from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But maybe and, that's uh, a good thing. Maybe that's the psychology, of it. maybe that's the deeper that could spiritual be, right? meaning of it. Right.
0: She. Uh, this ends up. I mean, it's it's pretty crazy because. I don't want to spoil it all. I think it's definitely worth watching. Um, It was a lot of fun. And she um, is rowing, you know, these, they're, they're really crazy rowboats. It's, they are 100% custom. They're designed for ocean crossings. Mm -hmm. It's got a little cabin. It's designed to right itself when it tips over and you like strap yourself in in and storms. Can you imagine that? It's, It's not getting tumbled around in the ocean, flipping over the currents are pushing her the wrong way. She's rowing and going nowhere for days and days, weeks. And, um, she ends up with some harrowing, uh, moments and some, some mid ocean rescues and things like that. She she basically both, both ocean attempts don't, she doesn't complete them Mm -hmm. and she has to abandon the boats both times. Mm -hmm. She has to get a rescue. Um, now know, what's, what's amazing is both boats were found later. One was six years later. It washed up on the Irish coast, I believe Oh, it wow. Was. Um, but, you know. It's so always going to wash up somewhere. It's going to wash up somewhere. Yeah, it's and, and she did up end, up, end up completing it, you know, uh, other than, you know, uh, I suppose she didn't make it all the way across either ocean, but uh, she made it across all the land masses. There was, there was kayaking involved, as I mentioned, and um, it's kind of funny because she doesn't know what she's doing, and so she has to enlist a friend to um meet her for the kayak portions. Which oh. is what's what's crazy. So they have a logistics person, they right. have someone's trying to get sponsors. I mean mm-hmm. it's a whole team effort. Mm-hmm. I, I can't remember what she said, how many people are involved, but it's 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 a fairly large yeah. and uh big project that takes a long time to even plan for. Yeah. Um there was some other there's another one that i uh which which i'll just go right into because there's actually two more that i'll just mention briefly that i think are super awesome there's ricky gates he's a runner he's an ultra runner and he has a whole bunch of cool um documentaries little little uh videos i didn't really i'm i'm kind of into ultra running i don't ultra run myself mm-hmm. i mean i just run kind of slow and i go for fairly short distances, but mm-hmm. I like it. And so I'm, I'm inspired by people who go and run for ridiculous amounts of time and distance. Um, and this guy, Ricky Gates has done things like, uh, he has a project called every street. I think it's called. You mentioned this to yeah. me. Yeah. So yeah. he'll go to like San Francisco and he runs every single street wow. in the city, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of cool. It's kind of cool. And then he did one, uh, which was called trans Americana, which is yeah. a, a good a good video documentary as well, and he runs across the country. This is after the uh, 2016 election, so the mm. the video came out. I saw it at the right time, which was actually four years later, but mm. involving the same you know politician and the same kind of divisions in the country. Yeah, uh, and he's really kind of despondent about the whole thing. And part of his reason for doing this is he's hoping to just you know. I think at the same time as getting away from things, he's also hoping to um, maybe encounter people and feel a little more connected to people he doesn't know or understand. Yeah. And so he does do a bit of that. And, you know, the thing that you find when you take this kind of um, extreme politicization of things out of the equation is that generally people are good and yeah. nice and they'll like take you in and feed you and share stories with you people and stuff are pretty like
1: that individual it's 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 when you get into a whole group of them and they get to That's start right. get an idea flowing exactly that it can turn sour. mob mentality group yeah mentality,
0: it's always a bad thing so that was a really good one and and the final one I want to mention of this kind of genre right here is a guy named Bo Miles Bo Miles. Like I B-E-A-U. love the name that he has the name Miles. B E A U. Yep. Yeah. Miles. M I L E S. Like, and he's, you know, he does a bunch of running and things like that. And so I'm like, you've got the last name Miles, man. That's awesome. He's got the mile.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh.
0: <laughs> Which I used to race against a guy with the last name Swift. And he was Swift. He always won. But anyway. Well, the, better than not being Swift. That's right.
1: Better than being, you know, slow. Slow. Really slow. Kevin Slow. Kevin Slow. <laughs> or being Swift. Your last name is Swift, but you and are you're slow. slow, right?
0: Yeah, you better live up to it, or else you're going to you be sh- called Swifty for the rest of your life as that's, like as like a joke. That's right. It's like that's like when the big guy is called Tiny or whatever. Hey, Swifty, right. you late again? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> this guy Bo Miles, the the first one I came across was he had a um a little video called Running the Line, which he decided he's in Australia, yeah, and he decided to follow an old rail line that doesn't exist anymore but you can find it kind of on a map and you can see some of the old you know that how the ground has been formed for you know elevated to support a railroad track oh, and that yeah. kind of thing so he follows and it's it's kind of crazy it goes through you know farmers lands and he mm-hmm. just hops fences and goes and he gets in trouble a couple of times and has to reroute to go around because and the police catch him one time but they're super cool and and understanding when he tells them what they're doing and and they're like, hmm, okay, sounds good. do you get in you, trouble. Where All did right. you see this? Where was this? Australia.
1: This is in Australia. Where did you, yeah. where did you find the piece? Do you know? Or you just sort no, of came but it? No,
0: but it is online on okay. YouTube. Um, And he has a bunch of other ones too. He has, this one called like um, One Hour Per Mile, which is another. I mean, when he runs the line, he runs with a shovel. Not a small shovel, a full-on shovel. Because he's just figuring he's going to need it to, like, move things out of the way and stuff right, on this run. Right, yeah, and yeah. Just, or maybe,
1: maybe, like, ward off some angry dogs. Yeah. You he, never know.
0: He comes through one section that is so overgrown, and it's yeah. Australia, you know. Yeah. Uh, like, the thorns are probably a foot long. I don't yeah. know. And, and he, like,
1: the Burke-Wills expedition will, will kill you right. if you touch them or something like that. You <laughs> yeah, know, yeah, he, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh,
0: he probably yeah. Crossed, yeah. crossed some paths there. Yeah. He um And it takes him, like, an hour to go, you know, like— a quarter of a mile yeah. through this section but it's pretty cool he he wrote a book and I heard an interview with him on I think it's the Adventure Sports podcast which I listen to and um he wrote a book about backyard adventures which I really love like he did something where he decides to uh build a little platform in his tree and live up there for a while oh yeah in his backyard oh huh. yeah so he just he just does you know they don't his adventures don't have to be like Traveler, so right. it's kind of the opposite of this. Sarah Outen or Ricky Gates. Yeah, his stuff is kind of like, huh. Well, what if I, you know, run up and down this hill fifty-seven times? That would be an adventure. So it's like a homegrown adventure, yeah.
1: to, which is which 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 actually is so much more accessible to the average person. So you look at this woman who, you know, four years going around the earth, and she's got to have a whole team looking for sponsors and all this stuff like that, and she's trying to find herself maybe. Um. Uh. Or you look at somebody who is. Um, challenging themselves or they are, or, you know, trying to make some record or whatever. And then you take a guy like this and he doesn't even have to like, he could still in a lot of these probably wake up and still like have a life with friends and family in his hometown. He could still even show up to his job if he has a job. Yeah, he you can know? he
0: can show up the happy hour at the end of the day and have a drink with his friends and
1: how to go how to go to how many times did you go up the hill today. Right. Uh like I made it up and down forty times, I gotta do it four hundred more times. That's right. That's my plan. I,
0: I love it. I think I mean, you and I like to go mountain bike around here and and we'll start from home and we'll go out and ride around the lake or whatever. Yeah. I, I kind of feel like that's kind of the ethos of this guy. It's like to us that's an adventure. Yeah. To somebody that's nothing. Right. But but does it really matter who you compare it to? It's it's really only for yourself. And if you can get something out of running around in your neighborhood and like crawling through, you know, pipes and climbing over people's fences and running through their backyards and that's an adventure to you, then. I, it I sounds don't, pretty I don't cool know don't to, to say that it's not you know
1: well and 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 you know what it brings up to me and I, and I don't remember if he brought this up last episode but the uh, the great Netflix documentary my octopus teacher which came out relatively mm. recently and and the uh and the guy who made this documentary um he lives on the coast in um uh in South Africa and he every single day, goes into the ocean and swims and he swims like all day and he and the whole premise of the of the film which is tremendous and anybody and everybody should see this is he uh he meets an octopus and which is like
0: makes friends with the octopus and kind of makes friends with it yeah Yeah,
1: and it's a prehistoric creature and he he just he learns everything about this and and of course throughout the course of all this he his body is becoming in tune with the temperature of the ocean he is noticing now he's in an extreme place he's in a beautiful underwater you know sort of like you know pristine environment that hopefully will remain pristine and but he talks about noticing once you've been doing this because he did this every day for a year for this particular documentary not to mention he's still doing it every day so if you were to go into the similarly and he notices changes in the microscope like tiny changes if you go into the ocean tomorrow and go for a swim or you walk into the woods behind your house. And then the next day you walk into the woods behind your house. You're not going to notice much difference, right? If you do that every day for two years, from one day to the next, you're going to notice things right. that you would never have noticed before.
0: Yeah, if there's you go there and it's quiet and there's no birds chirping, you're going to notice that. But if you just go in one day and there's no birds chirping because that's you're, your first time there, you don't know there's supposed to be birds chirping or that there normally right.
1: are. Your senses are not actually in tune with right. this place. And even then, you don't really know what you're sensing because you don't know why. You have no concept. Is it me? Is it something? Right. You know, Um. so in 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 just in, dis- in talking about this guy you're talking about he's finding adventures in his in his backyard because if you choose to you can and you can actually maybe be just as in tune with your, yourself and your world and your own sort of self needs and challenges uh as as though you you threw a kayak on your back walked to the ocean threw it in and and, and started your way around the planet
0: yeah i think it's pretty cool and and I'm, there's a, a few more videos I've watched recently that I'm gonna look up for next time because the the idea of this like backyard adventures it's I like it a lot because there's been a lot of focus over the years on people who are doing these like you know there's like killing Jarnay who who runs up Denali and back down or mm-hmm. runs up it and skis down I think and he's he's now got the fastest known time for all these different things like the fastest up and down Everest the fastest right. up and down Denali. And those things are amazing. It's it's ridiculous and it's totally insane and it's impressive. But it is completely unrelatable it, to me.
1: And unrealistic. Yes, it's unrealistic in your life.
0: That's right. But this guy Bo Miles, when he goes and chooses to run this thing, and it, and it becomes it's not just about it's not about how fast he can do yeah. it because nobody else has done it. It doesn't even matter. Like there right. he is the fastest. And he's also else is going the to do it. Yeah. But yeah. he um he does and he does a great job with the video too, by the way. I mean, so he shows um like here's a section where there used to be a trestle. And then in the video, you know, they'll kinda like rebuild the trestle and stuff like that. So you can see it. So it's really cool. It's not just, um, I went and did this crazy thing, but it's like there was there was something here before, and here's kind of the significance of why I'm doing what I'm doing. So that's pretty neat.
1: Well, it also sort of tells me some things we talked about before uh, off microphone too about the fact that like, or or really we, we, you talked about your hockey experience when you were younger. Right. So there's a, there's always someone better than you now yeah, for sure. Clearly there are human beings in the world that are just
0: the, killing they are, journey.
1: They are the ones yeah. and they, and, and good for them. And, all all applause to them for their incredible abilities but the but most people aren't going to get there you can try and you can climb everest and you can be in line climbing everest and you can say you did it or you know and and that that's fulfilling to some people in their own right way. that's fine but um but but there's but can do you need that or can you do what you're talking about which is find some way in your life to challenge yourself and also reinvent yourself and find things that you can do every day that you're like, wow, I, I I don't know if I could do this and not have to measure yourself against Usain Bolt or measure yourself against Serena Williams or met, you know what I mean? Cause those measurements are different measurements. It than-
0: really is interesting that you bring this up because it's something I've thought about, you know, for instance, there's really been, and it, and it reminds me of that niche sports article, which is this whole need to be the best and for need for recognition for it. And that, there's there's been a whole thing and i i think maybe it's more american than it is other mm-hmm. you know kinds of cultures but this whole thing of if you aren't in it to win why are you in it right and i think that's wrong i think that is a really self-destructive like you could you can i go play hockey now yeah and it's because it's fun. Yeah. Like I'm not try. I don't care if I win. I don't care if I lose. It really doesn't matter. It is all about the participation for me. And yes, I, I, no. I'm not. I'm not expecting a participation award mm-hmm. or a trophy. I, it's it's meaning. It's intrinsically meaningful to me. Yeah. I don't need any outward validation from anybody to go do it. And, yes. And I don't have to have the newest best equipment. None of that matters. It is all about the actual activity. And it's that moment in which I get to go out there and skate and forget my things and work really hard, get some exercise, you know, maybe, maybe I score a goal and it's really, you know, it's just a lot of fun. Um, And I think there is something kind of transcendent about getting to that point where you uh, don't need to be uh, the best at something where you're, especially if you're probably never going to be the best, being able to accept that and Mm -hmm. move on and still do it because of some other, you know, you know, other reward other than just the win, because you're you're probably not going to get it.
1: But but the sense of the sense of self achievement is really yeah. what it's at. And a lot of people we we equate achievement we equate self achievement, um, with a, achievement on a larger stage. Right. Do you, and that's a this 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 person's putting that together like tr- trying to say to us. You don't have to do that. Right. Your achievement can be on your stage. It doesn't have to be on the global stage no. or your local stage or national stage. It's your stage. And if you and I know that feeling because um, I like to maybe not to, not to this degree, but I like to do things that we we've done this sort of things ourselves. We we ride bikes and we ski and we to things like that. And we end and it's like I'm never going to get. I'm never going to be the. I'm never going to be the king of the mountain on this but man, I'm, I I felt pretty good out there. Like I'm pretty proud of myself. I'm going to go home. I'm going to feel pretty uh, elevated today. Maybe it'll help me feel good all week. Uh,
0: you know, I'll, I'll be out on the mountain and skiing and I'll, I'll jump off like some six or seven foot thing. And I'm just like, man, that was so cool. Yeah. And, but, but you watch a ski video and it's like a six. I mean, that's, that's, they don't even blink at that. That's that's not even that's not even a thing. That's, that's just like a, a
1: stair on their staircase yeah, at home. Yeah. For
0: me, it feels big, but you know, you you watch somebody in uh, a TGR, you know, Teton Gravity Research or mm-hmm. Warren Miller movie, and it's like double backflip off of a thirty foot cliff where they built yeah. a lip on top off of it. Off Corbett's Couloir, and I'm not going to do that no. ever. And it's and it's okay, and I can still feel. Yeah, I can still feel the thrill of jumping off that six or seven foot thing.
1: I, I think that it kind of like it's so much of these things. So many of these things are arbitrary. You you say you know you get your your kid gives you the a t shirt for for Father's Day that says best dad ever. Are you the best dad ever? I don't know. Right. It's not possible to know that question to, right. to answer that question. Is there one? No, there's not. There isn't the best dad. Is there's no there's no measurement for that. So why? If you can't get there, instead of trying to say, "Well, I can't ever know," right. find things you can measure, make them a part of your life, and be proud of them, and yeah. good for you. you Absolutely, know. that's great. I am going to bring a, I'm going to go to Instagram real quick here, and, and t- entirely change direction. Um, and then let's let, let's maybe we should jump into a couple music things because I know you got something you want to mention. Mm-hmm. This is something I mentioned to you recently, and I really wanted to bring it up. There's a great Instagram. Uh, account, what do they call Instagram, not channel, anyway, called History Cool Kids. I follow it, they always drop all these really interesting things, you get a read in, it's always very topical, but also um, intelligent and interesting, and throughout history, all sorts of things they consider to be, you know, of interest, of any types of interest, and so it, it grabs you and throws you into these things. And in 1990 this is this is fantastic stuff because it, it reminds me of uh, another type of podcast we did and that had um, an airplane crash in it. but this isn't a crash. in 1990 almost though in 1990 uh, an improperly stalled they have a photo of they have a photo of a reenactment of this because um, obviously there was no film of this. in 1990 an improperly stalled cockpit window this happened um, fell out it was they, they used the they used screws that were not perfect talking about formula 1 you got to have everything exactly perfect mm-hmm. well you're flying a jet plane you're 30,000 feet above the earth you darn well better have the right screws for the cockpit window right. one of the front not the side cockpit windows one of the front two the pilot's front the, the pilot windshield blows off at i think around 30,000 feet and it immediately sucks the pilot out of the window, because of course it depressurizes the cockpit right away, and that re- sucks all the air out.
0: That's that's amazing because at thirty thousand feet, they're probably at cruising speed now, right? So they're yeah. probably going like six hundred miles per hour. They're going really fast. It's amazing that you know I never really thought about this. I would think that the six hundred mile per hour wind might counteract the pressure, but apparently not.
1: Yeah, well, it doesn't. It's not coming in, pushing in, right? It just actually because because it's depressurizing, right? It pulls everything out, right? Yeah. And apparently the the co-pilot had, I am guessing, the co-pilot had all of his seatbelt on, on, but maybe the pilot didn't for any number of reasons. But what's amazing about this story, it does suck the pilot out, is that at that very moment, the um, flight attendant, a male flight attendant, is walking into the cockpit and grabs the pilot's legs. And somehow he doesn't get sucked out. Somehow he doesn't get sucked out. Exactly. I mean, that's, that's an interesting thing too. Good point. Yeah. Um. And he grabs the pilot's legs and he was able to open the door. So I don't know if, what the timing is on this. Right. Obviously it was perfect timing. Um. And he holds the pilot's legs while the co-pilot obviously, you know, you know, very quick presence of mind, you know, uh, uh, starts to descend immediately. And, while the pilot is hanging out, kind of his legs bent because he's hanging around the back of the plane and the, and the guy's holding on to his legs, he's whipping against the fuselage and as the, the co-pilot descends immediately, as hard as he can, as quick as he can, the flight attendant holds on to his legs, the pilot's <laughs> legs, and 15 minutes later... 15 minutes. And luckily they That's were not insane. over the ocean or like that. Yeah. 15 minutes later... They're able to land. This isn't they were over England. They're able to land
0: so the pilot's outside until they land. Yeah, no, I can't pull them in.
1: No, I'm saying they're at thirty thousand feet. They may not have been okay. that high yet. I don't know where they were. But, but it's pressurized. Either so it's way, at
0: least like fifteen thousand feet. He's up there for yeah. sure.
1: Yeah, they're headed they're up. And he descends quickly really possible to a safer altitude, but keeps going. Luckily is able to get cleared to land at Southampton Airport in uh, Southampton Airport in England and lands. The pilot got frostbite on his face. Because the cold, obviously. A couple broken bones and a dislocated shoulder. That was it. He's fine.
0: Yeah, I imagine there's quite a wind chill at, you know, several hundred yeah. miles per hour.
1: Yeah. I mean, any number of those things
0: could have killed him. A, just getting sucked out, timing. He could... Yeah, I mean, imagine if the flight attendant hadn't walked in at that exact moment, I right?
1: wonder if the flight attendant... I wonder if it had completely decompressed Uh uh-huh. because he wouldn't have been able to open the door otherwise right
0: uh but then he would have de- no press- i think the door would open really easily right i think so yeah because as it's, it's depressurizing the air is going out right i would think that the air maybe the door the- goes opens yeah. in you're right oh, i think it opens in doesn't it I maybe because
1: i'm wondering if he hooked his legs on the and held on to it right. just long enough i don't know anyway it's insane so history cool kids and there's a lot of great stuff and i'll bring this this Instagram account up more, than, more once, than once. Um because there's always something really interesting on it. But that one blew me away. That one blew me away. And and the and the photos are great because they're of some sort of reenactment. So they're obviously kind of jokey. I think that's
0: the like the craziest thing. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. So um do we want to go into the music now? Uh, yeah, or? let's do some music. Okay. You know, last time I'm I'm trying to remember what we we were kind of going into some of these interesting stories about um, we did Q Lazarus yeah about these kinds of crazy stories and and it and it brought up one band in particular that I wanted to mention at the end of that and it was the one where I said I'm not going to bring it up because oh, yeah. I don't want to drag this out anymore but it's the Alarm oh I love the Alarm I, I me too I mean I I think it helped me survive middle school and high school yeah um one one of the few you know. There were several bands, but the alarm was one of them. And I was a big fan of the alarm. It was because of my sister. She was older than me and she was into all these things before me. You mm-hmm. too, the alarm there was, you know, in excess, there was mm-hmm. just all these alternative bands that, um, I discovered because of her. And I never saw the alarm in concert until pretty late. I mean, it was, I think it was their second time around mm-hmm. and I, I didn't know a whole lot about the alarm other than I really liked their music. And I listened to a lot of it, but, um, so Mike Peters, who's, who's the lead singer. He's had cancer twice. Oh, wow. Um, and he's got a foundation. It's called like the love, strength, hope foundation. Um, and it it raises money for cancer. And, um, he, uh, uh, I saw them. So I saw them in, at a like an outside amphitheater show in Michigan at a place called Pine Knob. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was Pine Knob then. I don't know what it's called now. DT, DTE Energy Theater or something like that. Yeah, and it was yeah, like a big yeah. thing. It's at yeah. a little ski area, made oh, out, yeah. you know, on a pile of a pile of dirt, <laughs> and um, they uh, it was it was this cr- total retro show. So it was the alarm opened. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think second was Talk Talk. Oh, yeah. And then the third was Psychedelic Furs. I love the Psychedelic Furs. So it was furs. like, they're all aging, you know, Yeah. Um, alternative bands from my youth. But mm-hmm. a, a friend had free tickets, and I was like, heck yeah, I'm going. Free tickets. And he had never heard of the alarm. He's younger. He's like millennial, you know. So he had heard of the Psychedelic Furs, yeah. though, of course. And he agreed uh, afterwards that the alarm was the best by far. Oh, cool. They just... Psychedelic Furs was... You know, they're kind of slow to begin with and they're yeah. aging and slow and the psych and the alarm was just, they just rocked. They sounded, they sounded then as good as I remembered hearing them on their albums. Um, and then years later in Denver, um, I saw a friend of mine who, who has a, like a punk clothing store in Denver, Uh uh-huh. um, who sponsored our hockey team, the punks and, um, he uh, was always doing ticket giveaways for all sorts of bands. I mean, like when, when, when bands come into town that are old punk bands or, you know, like uh, New Order or, or anything along those lines, he picks them up from the airport. They come to his shop and sign autographs and give away tickets and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I got, I, I want a giveaway to go see Mike Peters. Wow, the you alarm. just
1: keep going to see these guys for free. How do they make any money?
0: I don't know. And I got to go see Mike Peters. It was just him um, which I knew it was just going to be him, but I was yeah. like, I'm going anyway, I'm such a fan. And he was playing at a place called the soil dove underground, which is like in this underground amphitheater underneath a restaurant in this little neighborhood called Lowry, which is an old air force base turned oh, cool. into a neighborhood. Yeah. You would not expect to be a great music venue there. And then you go under underneath this place and it's like, what the heck is going on here? This is awesome. And so he played and his, you know, he can't hit the notes. He used to be able to hit. He's, he's, He's yeah, yeah. You know, he's he's kind of old, and uh, but he plays. He's got um a kick bass. Mm-hmm. He's standing. He's got a harmonica on a uh you know the the thing on yeah, his neck. Yeah, whole like. And then he's playing thing. the guitar. Yeah, acoustic guitar too, and he's singing some of those songs. And I mean, it's not the alarm, but he's awesome. He is so into it. He's not good for him. And he's doing this uh to raise money for cancer. Oh wow! At this yeah. Point. Um. And it's great. He's got his kids sleeping back in the, you know, in the changing room. And they're really late because there had been um, a rock slide on I-70 in Glenwood (laughs) Canyon. And they had to do a four-hour detour because there's no other, you know, there's really no other way to get through there. Um, But he tells us these stories. And I did not know some of these things about the alarm. So they were really um, good friends with... um, uh you too and well so, and, and
1: just quickly they were a punk band to begin with yes and they changed into what would be like a uh you know it's sort of college rock type band more singing song righty
0: kind of like like you two. it was like revolution rock at yeah, the time right it's yeah. kind of like got this very bombastic yeah like we're we're rushing the gates kind of Sound to it,
1: and at the time it was pretty cool. But later, the the bands that followed, which not necessarily bad bands, bands like Gene Loves Jezebel or or you go on to like Soul Asylum and things right. like that. Those types of bands sort of picked up from. It's a little less punk and a little more mainstream, but not so mainstream. Right. But also not so unique that it's like the Cure right or or even you too to some degree but yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but i mean a great band i mean um some, right. some fantastic so i love i love them
0: some of the what was funny about i mean he's he's he was fairly self-deprecating at that time yeah. i mean he's kind of joking about you know their big hair and their tight uh, jeans yeah, and see, remember yeah. the belts the belts always had to be at an uh, angle yeah. and it would look like
1: it was pre glam rock in a way oh, for Very sure much yeah. So. yeah
0: cowboy boots totally i mean and they're welsh I mean, yeah. they're wearing cowboy boots and right. they got this giant hair and the scarves. They've got scarves. Uh, same on thing of being
1: on Sunset Boulevard and being <laughs> a glam metal band. You got cowboy boots on and a scarf and makeup. You know, it's it's a very much of a mishmash if you really think about it. Right,
0: it, it is. Know? And um, he so they 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 open for a whole bunch. Of, they they do a lot of supporting tours for a lot of big bands. It's it's pretty impressive. U two is one of them, and U two has this seminal concert. At Red Rocks, Red right? Rocks, yeah, yes, the War Tour. Oh, yeah, and they are opening for you two on the War Tour. Amazing show. When they get to
1: well-known, like yeah,
0: when they get to Red Rocks that night, that day there's a massive storm, and uh, this is going to be the alarms big moment. Yeah, they cancel the opening act, and you two then on. goes on after and plays for like two hours, and it turns into this concert you know the video, concert video documentary and mm-hmm. everything their their whole war i mean wasn't the 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 war album is recorded at Red Rocks
1: yeah you know what's really funny about that is if you actually watch the footage of that Red Rocks is maybe Red Rocks is a massive amphitheater outside. Yeah. It's a it's, It holds about 9,000 people. It's outside Denver in Morrison, Colorado, and it's beautiful. It's a natural amphitheater. They built, you know, obviously seating and things, and it's an, it's an incredible place to perform. I've worked in music and, and, and been there, um, and it's also an incredible place to see a show because there's not a bad seat in the no, house. No, no, for sure. And and as a performer, having stood on stage looking out, you just looking at a wall of human beings, like literally a wall of humans. It's yeah, incredible. Yeah, because cool. Um, and so... If you watch the YouTube video and you actually get some shots of the crowd, which you do at certain angles, like there's nobody
0: there. It's not yeah, it's not full, right? Not I mean even they had close. huge storms that, that almost canceled the thing. Yeah. yeah and of not course even it's close. it's raining on Bono and he's marching back and forth and he's kneeling down and yes. putting his putting his chin on his fist and so, I mean he's really playing it up. It's he, it's kind of it's kind of awesome, although have you seen Bob Cat Goldthwaite's imitation of no. it? It's pretty hilarious. I'd like to. Yeah. I need
1: to because <laughs> Because with all due respect to Bono, because he's done incredible things and, right. and incredible music, the whole band, he is a ham to a little bit of a degree. And even when you, um, having again been to Red Rocks many times and also having uh, worked with people who've performed there, he climbs up on this huge rock that's sort of to the, if you're at the audience, to the right side of the stage. And, and if, you're, if you're on the stage, it's to the left side of the stage. And he's up on this rock and he's singing to this crowd of 50 It's a really small crowd. I mean, he's maybe they maybe got a thousand people still there, or maybe two. But anyway, um, he's singing, and if you know anything about Red Rocks, like that was all stage. Like you can't get up there, right? Yeah, it's really hard to get up there. He must have earlier in in the day in the rain, which is an amazing testament to sort of his understanding of showmanship. It's not I'm not intending to 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 take him down, um, because not only were they making great music, he also got it that this is showmanship is everything. And 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 people have taken the mantle from him.
0: And and I mean their their tours since then some were some of the biggest grossing tours ever. Oh, big, still you know? to this day probably yeah. the biggest band in the world. So, um but so Mike Peters it was, it's hilarious. So he talks about that and how it was their big break and, you know, it didn't happen and everything. And they're Gosh. still friends with you too and stuff. But so the next night they are supposed to play at CU Boulder mm-hmm. in, you know, um, I don't know which facility but it's a big like indoor stadium yeah and uh so they come up with this great idea of they're gonna enter from the top corner (laughs) and they're gonna have the spotlight hit them right Yeah, from down below yeah and then they're gonna march all the way down these stairs oh yeah you know, like through the crowd Mm -hmm. crowd and enter a
1: big, huge, like reveal moment. Yeah. Get builds anticipation. And the
0: lighting guys are like, really that, that sounds kind of dumb. And he, they're like, no, no, no guys, this can be awesome. And so like, all right, whatever. And so they, they get up there and they're standing there and the spotlight hits them in the face. And they're like, we can't see can't, anything can't see anything yeah you, so
1: you're deer in the headlights right. that. you literally can't see the step in front of
0: you and he said so it takes them forever to try and walk down and they're kind of like feeling with their feet trying not to fall down the and those <laughs> are those types of steps that are like cuz cuz arena There's steps cement. they're are, steep they're cement and they're and they're always
1: offset right cuz you have the platform where the people are then right. a step down and then a long stretch because the people, section. you know, because there's a flat section because that's where the tier is, and then a step down, and there's a one step in between because you got to go down a whole tier. Those are danger; they're hard to walk down it, with the it lights must have on.
0: Been, it probably felt like the longest, you know, like eight minutes of their lives. At they that must moment. have felt it's
1: <laughs> the, blinded by the you absolutely blinded. No way. I actually uh, saw so when I was a kid growing up in Maine. um, I would go see lots of shows and they would, you know, and I was in, in that same vein and the alarm came to play at the University of Maine, Orno, And I went to go, I, my friends and I were going and, and I don't know why, but somehow we used to go see shows all the time there. So we somehow managed, I don't know, remember how to um, get free tickets because we were going to load the band in. We were going to help unload the 18 wheelers, the trucks or whatever, a truck or how I don't know what they came with. And we were very excited and we showed up there and, and we ready to go, waiting at the loading dock, and they canceled.
0: Oh man! So it
1: was another alarm cancel yeah. uh, moment. Not this, and it was, and it was actually because one of the members might have been the singer. I can't remember his. Uh, we were told his his mother had back in England, Wales. Where are they from? I think Wales. Wales. Yeah. They it was sick, maybe had died, or was on something oh. had changed dramatically with her health, and so they had to fly home.
0: That's crazy. What a, that's uh, what an interesting personal, you know. Like, yeah, so I never stirring. saw the alarm. I didn't
1: see them ever once. So
0: I was there. And and I saw them the long eye- after their heyday, but they were still good. Which which brings me to the final thing I wanted to mention about it, which is another cool thing. So long after uh, I'm, I'd have to look up the uh, the year of this, but basically um, they hadn't really had anything in a while. They came out with a new single called um, 45 RPM. It's the alarm. Yeah, 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 and they. Uh, released it under um, uh, a pseudonym. I think they called it "The Poppy Fields," which is kind of a giveaway, mm-hmm, right? Because I mm-hmm. like the poppy oh, was cause their thing. Oh, because they used the poppy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but they made fake bios, and they even hired a bunch of young kids to lip sync to it. Great. So that they could get this out there and uh-huh. and uh, and see how it would do, and it ends up being a hit, and then they get like a whole another uh, album contract out of it, and. Really? Uh, yeah. Good for them. Yeah. We have to, um, we have to
1: make a promise to ourselves and to the whoever ends up ever one day listening to this podcast, though. Yeah. Next one we've got, we're gonna have to think of some current music <laughs> <laughs> because it sounds like we're a bunch of old guys who don't listen to. Um today's music sucks. But as soon as yeah, every, everything after uh, the yeah. Joshua tree was awful. Nothing, it's all, nothing it's all noise. Nobody should have made a like, record. Why,
0: why do they do that?
1: Just What's that thing
0: that makes their voice sound funny? There's no no time for it. They call it an auto tuner or something. I've
1: filled my brain with music <laughs> um by nineteen eighty six and I don't want to hear anything else. We
0: do. I I just listened to a great K E X P um podcast today. Yeah. Three hours long. Three hours. Three hours long. How do it's time of time. We played it all day long. <laughs> That's
1: great. That's great.
0: I, how long did it take? It was John Richards. It's the run cast. Yeah, so I excellent. don't know if you've ever oh, listened yes, to the yes, run cast. Yes, yes, this yes. This is yes. the marathon Runcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's for you to listen to yeah. while you're running a marathon. Okay, yeah. We were inside our house doing other things all day, but Not we listened to it anyway. Yeah. But it's full of stuff like car seat headrest and, yeah. you know, I mean, all sorts of great things. So. Yes, there's there I just I don't have very many stories, there are no stories about the new bands. Well,
1: but there are great things and I was and 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 I won't bring it up today, but we'll bring up some stuff next week or next time we run through with this podcast because we both uh actually uh spend a lot of time across the board, not just you know older indie music. Um we're fans of of huge amounts of music including current stuff. So I'm gonna to have to dig in and find a few things myself.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go in uh, and look at my um, my medieval lute music collection. And
1: see. <laughs> right. Yeah, Gregorian <laughs> chants. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because because I think we're uh, we're 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 Q Lazarus. We're Tracy <laughs> Chapman. We we went back to Ray Charles, but that's That's, true. that's, that's not even like you know. But now we're on. Uh,
0: I'm gonna yeah, we're we're definitely gonna bring up something something from the last say 20 years next time. It's a promise. Yeah, it's a promise.